And then I transitioned into human resources into a public school system. So the 15th largest public school system in the United States. And some would say I had the big girl job because I had the fancy title, the six figures, the big team, the whole thing. And then I started getting bullied at work myself. And so because I was being bullied at work and because I was a leader who other people looked up to, I knew that once my blood pressure was like 150 over 87, I needed to do something else because the job was literally killing me and it wasn't because it was hard. Welcome back to the Started Somewhere podcast. I'm your host, Ross Alex. Now today, my friends, we're on episode number 32 and I have the awesome Roshana Price joining us to share her story. You know, Roshana and I had a really awesome conversation. I thoroughly enjoyed this one. I think this was one of the first episodes that actually spoke to my soul. Uh, And you'll see that here in this interview. Anyhow, Roshana has a great story. She left a six-figure income working in a really awesome career path to start her own business. And the reason she did that is because she was getting bullied in her workplace. Something that happens each and every single day. Something that you right now listening may be very familiar with. In this episode, she shares with us how she started her business, the five stealers of awesomeness, as she calls it, and what to do when you're in a very uncomfortable confrontational situation sit back relax enjoy the show all right roshana welcome to the show thanks ross thanks for having me glad to be here hey it's an absolute pleasure to have you here i'm super excited to chat with you um how's your day going it's been good. I, I'm in the light. You know, there's a lot of darkness, but I am like, darkness is the absence of light. I'm going to be light. And so I've had a good day helping others and helping myself worked out the whole thing. I yeah. love it. That's mm-hmm. powerful. You know, the we're, we're seeing some dark times right now. Roshan. I'm, I'm like, man, can, like, can we catch a break? You know? It's a pattern, right? Like we kind of 2020 kind of rolled in before the end of January. We had Kobe Bryant's like tragic death. I mean, he and the other individuals that were on the helicopter, like that kind of that really hit hard. And then we had in the United States, we had tornadoes in the Midwest and just like devastation. Then, of course, across the world, COVID-19. And now in the U.S., the racial injustices and all the things that we've been seeing so yeah, yeah, it's we're six months into the year, and and there's like uh, a, there's a hurricane brewing. Hurricane up. brewing. <laughs> there's murder hornets coming out of places. I was like, man. And then I saw the I saw the funniest meme because um, the other day I don't know if you saw the the space launch, the SpaceX. I haven't seen it. Yeah, okay. so they launched uh, two astronauts to outer space. Yes, they to the did. ISS, yep. and I saw this meme that said. Shout out to the astronauts that left Earth today. Great choice. <laughs> I, oh, my God. I, but yeah, like space is probably a little bit safer. It's definitely more peaceful than where we are right now. Yeah, but, you know, it's it's just so it's just so unfortunate to be in these dark times right now. But I understand sometimes dark times are necessary. So how do you find the light when there's, you know, dark times? 
So I have to be it. That's what I say. You like you have to be your own light so that you can step into the darkness, so that you can be light for someone else, even on the hardest days. And for me personally, like even a month ago, I had a friend that was in a double murder suicide because of domestic violence. So her husband murdered her, murdered her son, and then killed himself. Wow. Right. Right. And so even through that grief, it's understanding that it happened. And so because it happened, you got to own it and own the sadness and the hurt of that. And then it's like, well, to be light, what are we going to do? What are we going to do about that? Because she wasn't the first person in my county and in my state that this happened to, who her husband was under police custody and was let out. And then this happened. Mm. So what are we going to do? And that's what I believe being light is. It's being... Cause it's easy to be in darkness and be like, yeah, that happened. That's terrible. Oh, right. shame, sadness. It's like, no, be light. Yeah, it is. Ha it happened. It's sad. It's happening. It's sad. Now let's do something about it. Let's donate money. Let's get involved. Let's be a part of the conversation. Let's be a part of the solution. Mm, I love it. Powerful. Yeah. Now, Roshana, for the people that aren't familiar with your work and what you're currently up to, would you mind giving us like a brief overview of, you know, your business and what you're focused on? Yeah. So I am known as the giver of awesomeness. It is my official registered trademark. It is how I brand myself. If you need a brand, you can Google me. It's a part of the book that I wrote, which is Be a Giver of Awesomeness. So you guys that are watching on the video you can see that and it. it's all about this under yeah because it's the understanding that i believe that every single person has awesomeness to give to the world around them and that they get held back from doing that by bullying situations through adversity that happens and through conflict in their life and so they have to be able to rise above that and in the book, I talk about awesomeness stealing and how there are awesomeness stealers that come for your gift and talent. But rather than thinking about it as like, uh, you're the victim now or I'm the victim because I've been bullied. No, this is actually my opportunity to show up and be awesome because they picked me for a reason or they picked you for a reason. If you've got bullies, if you've got awesomeness stealers, they're thinking about you, so that's where you start. Well, if they're thinking about you, then what are they saying? And if they're saying something about you, they're actually trying to tell you who you are. And so I talk about that on every platform and social media, and I'm also a, a speaker, so I do speak. And then I coach private clients and groups and leaders because organizations have leadership that need their awesomeness to come out, and sometimes that doesn't happen. Mm. Really amazing stuff you have going on, you know. <laughs> yeah. I, I I love that you brought up bullying because, you know, bullying, especially right now in the social media age, right? I mean, things are just out of control. Uh, I just had a four-month-old. Well, I have a four-month-old. Yay, you know, congrats. Thank you so much. Like, I know I'm a few years away from the school times, but, I mean, I'm sure as every parent's fear is, you know, send their kid off to school and, you know, maybe they get bullied. I mean, that's, it's just, it's rough. You know, I've been bullied. I mean, that, you know, and it's, I feel like it's a topic like that's not talked enough about, like at least I'm in my circle, you know? Yeah. So, well, mo like we, and we think about bullying as you talked about, right? Like you've got a child, she's four months. So ooey gooey. I have kids. My son is 12. So he's in middle school. He's going to seventh grade. 
and my daughter is nine and she's going to fourth grade. And so my husband and I, we've talked a lot about their environment, but we also see bullying as adults. Like we see it on social media, you see it in a boardroom. There's lots of conversations around, you know, having a seat at the table and having your voice be heard. And the truth is, is that the reason people don't speak up at any table, the dinner table, the conference table, is because they feel like their voice doesn't matter. And a lot of times it's because they've been bullied or their awesomeness, as I like to talk about it, has been stolen in some way. They've encountered like one of the characters, I talk about the deceiver. So a deceiver is someone who intentionally holds back information as a way to control you. So like, have you ever, Ross, have you ever been on a project with someone where you thought like, man, this is great. But there was a little bit of you thinking like, I don't know if they're telling me the whole truth. Absolutely. Yeah. And then later, yeah, the deceiver. Yeah. You're like, yeah. And they're intentionally holding back information because they're controlling you. They need a part of you. They need you to be involved. Mm. But there's little bit that they're not telling you. It's like, almost the whole truth but not everything and that's the part of bullying that we don't talk about because it erodes your confidence like you're like i think there's something off but i can't quite put my finger on it and because you can't put your finger on it rather than showing up fully you end up kind of like not showing up all the way and anytime you're being bullied or your awesomeness is being stolen you'll know it because a part of you is playing small Mm. Now, Roshana, what was your like? How did you get into this this field, right? Like, why bullying? <clears throat> excuse me. Why bullying? Why conflict? You know, why coaching? Like, what did that all look like for you? So yeah, my journey to entrepreneurship has been it's been an interesting one. So I have an engineering degree, two of them actually, by trade. My dad was a school teacher, so I grew up thinking I was going to be a school teacher, and one day he was like. You don't want to be a teacher. So shout out to all my teachers out there. He was like, they don't make any money. Like you want to be an engineer. And I remember asking him like, well, what's an engineer? He was like, I don't really know, but they make more money than teachers. And so, Fair play. Great, yeah. Fair play. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right. And so my parents did though, they allowed me to go to a different summer camps when I was in high school so that I could learn about engineering. And then I did, I went to North Carolina A&T undergrad, and then I went to Purdue for grad school learned about human factors and ergonomics which for a lot of people are like what is that and it's a part of industrial engineering you actually manufacture equipment seats like the chair you're sitting in and and all the equipment around the people Mm. it's the interface between the people and the machines and i loved it and i led teams and i realized a lot of people would come into my office or find me and want to talk to me and like help me solve, like, Rashana, I need to talk to you. Can you have this problem? And I I did that. I did that for eight years, worked in manufacturing, loved it. Like the hard hat, the hairnet, the safety glasses, all of it. I loved it. And then I transitioned into human resources into a public school system. So the 15th largest public school system in the United States. And some would say I had the big girl job because I had the fancy title, the six figures, the big team, the whole thing. And then I started getting bullied at work myself. Mm. And so because I was being bullied at work and because I was a leader who other people looked up to, 
I knew that once my blood pressure was like 150 over 87, I needed to do something else because the job was literally killing me and it wasn't because it was hard. And so I ended up taking all my gifts and talents, all my certifications, all my education and stepped out on faith and started my coaching business almost three years ago. Really? Wow. So three years ago, you stepped away from this six figure job because you realized that it was taking a toll on your health, physically and mentally. Physically and right? mentally. Yeah. The, the day, so there were two things that happened. The first, I was sitting at my dinner table with my family. And to this day, I have no idea what my husband and my two children were laughing at. I was sitting there physically, but mentally in my head, I was running through the day and I was trying to figure out how tomorrow could be different how if my bully boss, I like to call her the minimizer because that's one of the characters. Minimizers get joy out of making you feel small. And my boss was that to a T and would seek me out for it because I, I had a gift that I didn't realize I had. I was just doing my job and doing it well, but that was very threatening. And so what I realized in the moment at the kitchen table was this job is stealing my moments with my family. And my son at the time was, so he's 12, so he was almost nine or so. And he turned to me and said, Mama, that job is stealing your joy. And I was like, oh, like, Mm. oh, all the moms and dads out there, you're like, your your daughter's not talking. You feel that one yet. You feel that one. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. And so, um, so that was the first thing. And then the second thing that happened, so that was like my... I might have to do something different moment. And then the second thing that happened, aside from all of the things that were happening internally to me, there was a day that I could see the joy that my boss was getting out of making me feel small. And it happened in the open cubicle area to the point that after my boss left, two of my colleagues came into my office and apologized on my boss's behalf. And I was like, I don't, yeah, I don't want to be a part of that picture of leadership and the shame and the embarrassment of it. So I remember standing in the doorway going, okay, God, all right, I'm done. I can't do this. And never, I've never, yeah, I've never seen that boss again. Like even the day I went in to resign and take my computer and everything, they weren't there. So you decided to resign from this position and have you like at this time did you already step into Roshana the coach with the plan of starting the business and you know teaching people or you were so no so you were just for the audio yeah, so, listeners you're giving me some body language that's like no I I, I didn't right 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 yeah. so so I don't recommend like the way I started my business unless you feel like if you're a faith person I felt like God was saying trust me mm. I, I I know that's what he was saying he was saying trust me. and so what I did because I was sick so literally this is what happened a week before the crazy cubicle encounter I was I felt prompted to know how many days of leave I had I had 53 days of leave So then after that crazy cubicle encounter, and because my doctor was saying, you know, monitor your blood pressure because it's up there and this is a problem, I ended up going to the doctor because, again, I was like, this is crazy. This is happening. 
And when I went to the doctor, the doctor was like, you're being bullied and you should report this. And I was like, you don't understand. Like I'm in the HR department. Like this is it. So you are the person that people go. Right. Like this. Right. Right. Um, And so I just, so the, my doctor was like, well, I'll write you out. How many days do you have? And I was like, wait, I actually know this. I have 53 days. So I always tell people to follow the signs that are happening in your life because they're leading you to where you're supposed to be going. And because I was out for 53 days after the, when I, the next Monday, so that was on a Wednesday, I ended up going out of town to a conference. And then that Monday, when I got back, I started working on my business Mm. because here's, because I knew that I was what some would call, and I'm using air quotes for those who can't see Yoda. Like, that's what people would say. People would be like, Rashana, can I come to your office? Can you do that Yoda Jedi mind trick thing where I ask you questions and you kind of, you, I tell you things and then you kind of like ask me more questions when I feel better. And I was like, yeah, it's called coaching. And so I knew that I had a thing that I could monetize. And so that's how I started. I was like, well, I'm going to take my awesomeness, my gifts, my talents, and I'm going to start coaching people and finding clients. And that's what I did. And I, I built along the way, built clients, mm. got into a consulting opportunity, worked alongside a fabulous woman for, for a season and have continued to build since. I love it. That's a, Hey, it's a great story. You know, sometimes, you know, everyone has this, the F this moment, right? You have to, like, it just happens sometimes <laughs> where you're just you, like, I'm yeah. done with this. Right. I'm done. I'm done. I mean, and, and like for my fear of staying got bigger than my fear of leaving. Like I was like this, fe- like I would drive the parking lot to try to figure out if my boss was gonna be there. I mean, I, I spent a lot of energy and time and for those that are bullied and you see it on TV and they kind of make it funny where it's kind of like people are like walking the long way to the meeting or whatever, but that happens. People sit in their cars on a daily basis and kind of walk themselves through okay, I got to get geared up to go in here today and face so-and-so. And most people are like, this is just what adulting looks like. Like, this is what it means to work here. This is what it means to be able to be successful. That's not the truth. That's not at all the truth. Wow. Yeah, you know, I'm super excited that we're chatting about this right now because you're absolutely right. Like, this stuff happens. It It happens. Like, so I like, I enjoy playing video games. Right, I, oh, yeah. I love okay. playing video games, and yep. you know, on the video games, there's um, you know, chats. You know, like you can yes. talk to people. My husband's in game. a big gamer. Okay, so we can talk. There you go. I'm good. So, you know, I, I I play with these people, and you know, occasionally there's like the one or two people that get on the chat, and mm-hmm. the second they get on, like I'm just I, I want to get off. I I'm just saying this on the record. I don't even know if this person listening to this. But they have to be the most toxic bully. Like they just, you ever, I'm sure you know because you're the expert. But the person just like spews this negativity. It's just nonsense. Yeah. They just start like you know talking crap and like it's not even like like healthy. Like you know, no. guys poke fun at each other. Women poke fun. It's like it's like out of like a bad place in their soul where they feel like putting you down to make themselves feel better. And it just, I'm just like, you know what? You just ruined my time. So I'm, yeah. I'm out of here. 
So, they're a total yeah. minimizer and they're picking you or like they, they may even get on because they see you're on, especially if they're directing their comments at you mm. because they get something out of you. Like that's the whole point. Like usually we talk about bullies and bullying and we talk about the other person. When we're talking about awesomeness and awesomeness stealers, it's because you have something. There are people that are seeking you out so that they can do and say things to you like, oh, Ross, you know, you, you got that podcast, like you, you know, you bring people on, so you must think you're all that. Yeah. Well, I'm about to, I'm about to beat your A, you know, on this game and show you who you, right. The only reason they can talk about your podcast and the fact that you're interviewing people is because you have something to talk about. Mm. And that's what you go and do more of. That's how you become a giver of awesomeness by taking the things that they're saying and doing to you. You're good. You're good. You're good, Rashawn. You're good. You know, you're, you're throwing around some words here. I want to I wanna go over them. Okay. So you, you mentioned the word um, minimizer, right? And then yes. you said the deceiver. Yes. Then there was another one I forgot. Um, you mentioned. Anyways, um, let's talk about, let's talk about that, right? The awesomeness dealer? Yeah. Oh, the awesome. Yeah. So let, let, Let's talk about these these words. So the the deceiver is somebody who intentionally holds back information as a way to control you. Mm, okay. And the minimizer yep. gets joy out of making you feel small. Yes. Okay. Are there any others that we need to yes, know? Yes, there are five. Okay. Yes. So there's the the hoarder is another one. And so the hoarder wants to keep you close. They don't want anyone else to have you. So these are people that intentionally try to keep your thing from getting bigger, right? Like they're like, man, you got this great podcast you're doing, you know, but you don't want it to get too big. Or if you come and work with me on mine, they want to keep you mm. close. Yeah. Okay. And then there's, there's the penalizer. I see this one a lot in families because penalizers hold back access any, and emotion as a way to punish you. And so they do this by giving you the cold shoulder or not talking to you. <laughs> you calling me out? You calling me out? I'm laughing because you, you, you speak to my soul right now. <laughs> All right, go ahead, go ahead. <laughs> Ahead, and, have, and, I, and I specifically talk about this in families or close relationships because these are people that know you well. So they do know your awesomeness and they may even seek you out and ask you questions like, hey, Ross, tell me what you think about this. And then you tell them and then they're upset. And so then they stop talking to you or they're mad. That's what happens. They hold back access and emotion, either mm. physical emotion or actual touch feel accolades, et cetera, because they are now punishing you for being who they know you are. Okay, good. That's not me. Whew. Okay, that's not me. No, no, no. That no when you said you cold, cold shoulder, shoulder. Okay. I'm guilty of that of the cold shoulder. But not in that context though. What's the other context? Look, let me let me not do coaching, but maybe. Uh the cold shoulder would be um well when Nicole and I fight, my okay. partner we um we go on like break so yep. like we're in the same house but like if i'm mad at her like we just don't speak and she okay. gets like the cold shoulder and that's like my way of like 
she calls it like punishing her. Like I'm punishing yes. her because I'm not talking to her. Yeah. yeah. That is the beginning of the penalizer. Oh. <laughs> so I'm especially a penalizer. <laughs> because because especially if the initial if, if the if the initial clash of like the argument or whatever it is, is something that you both have voice to, if you're the one that shuts it down without a timeout, right? Like it's different when it's like, all right, we need to take a timeout and it's yeah. agreed upon. It's another when you're like, I'm done. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, well. So I would, offer you, I would offer you that if you need the space to ask for the space and then to give her an opportunity to say yes, and then you all come back together so that you can both learn to fight fair. I like it. I think for me, Roshana, is that when there's static or like confrontation and I'm like upset or it throws off my vibe, I feel like it's difficult to just snap back right into normal mode. Like for me, there has to be like adequate time to pass before I can like, just get back to like normal, you know, mm-hmm. It, mm-hmm. when it comes to Nicole and I, um, yeah. Yeah. so I think yeah, yeah. that's why, like, I, I do that weird thing. I don't like doing it. Honestly, I just mm-hmm. do it like subconsciously. Well, at, well at, so then it may be a, you may be actually emotionally hijacked where it's now become a reflex an emotional reflex. You don't even know you're doing it because the subconscious mind, is working on your behalf. And so when whatever the trigger is that's happened, you may actually not be Ross as, how old are you? 20, like, I'm turning 30 in a month. Ooh, dirty 30, okay. Yeah. So almost, right? So you won't be Ross at almost 30, 29. You're showing up as Ross at five or six. All right, we gotta get the heat off of me. <laughs> We're taking the heat off of me. All right, okay. All right. Anyway, what, what, what? <laughs> just give me things to think about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, you're, you're talking to you're talking to specific. Did somebody hire you to be on this show to, to do this to me? No, no, no. But it's a great example for your listener. It is and being vulnerable in it because there could be somebody else who's like, I do that too. Yeah, I do that too. So, and the I, last. So let's go to the last. Yeah. Awesome let's go to that. So the last awesomeness stealer is one of my favorites. It's called the taker. And so takers infringe on your moment of joy and make you feel bad about something good. This is the moment you get the trophy, you get the award, you get recognized, and you go to the person who you think is safe, who's gonna celebrate with you. And then the next thing you know, they're making you feel bad. They're going, and you always get celebrated. Nothing ever happens to me. My life is terrible. And then before you know it, you're like down their drama cycle. And the thing that you were happy about now is pushed aside. And they've infringed or taken over your moment of joy. You're good. I know I said it like 10 times, but you're spot on. You know, I know I said I want to take the heat off me, but I'm just so intrigued by this conversation. I When I started making some serious money, I, my backstory, I used to bartend and serve tables. I got into real estate, and I started with two peers that I met, and we were doing our separate things, but we were doing it together at the same time. Long story short, I started pulling ahead and making, you know, good money at the time. And, and, and one of my 
really close friends wasn't. And that actually turned into him not wanting to be my friend anymore because, and I quote, he felt like he was in my coattails, like he Mm -hmm. was behind me. And it's like, I never, I'm not a condescending person. I don't think I'm better than anybody. And I don't care if you're rich or poor. Like, if you're cool, you're cool. I like you. And that's how I treated him with respect. But, you know, it hurt me because, well, just because I'm winning and succeeding, like, I'm not putting you down or, like, I don't want you to look at me differently or anything like that. And it's like, you know, that's a tough one, right? As entrepreneurs, if one person pulls ahead and then, like, the group or the other, the acquaintances, the friends, like, start hating on you or something because mm-hmm. you're, you know, it's that's a, that's a tough one, you know? Yeah, it happens. And it's the the truth for your friend is that he was projecting onto you what he didn't yet perceive in himself because there were enough wins to go around. I've flipped houses as well and do and done some private money lending for for investing in all of that have property. And it is a game. It's a great game. And if anybody wants to get into it, play Monopoly first and win because that's what it's all about. It's all about controlling your assets. Right. And and in the moment with your friend, every time your friend was like, you got what I don't, right? Basically, like you're, I'm, I'm in your coattails. That was him saying to you, I don't feel confident where I am, which is why he wasn't making the money and doing what it takes to make the money in real estate investing. But why, but why do we have to suffer? We don't. The truth is, is that when people tell you that you're winning, you have to keep winning. All he was doing was helping you understand that you've got it. You've got it. And there are some people that are your friends for seasons. They're really not supposed to be your friends for the long, for the long haul. And I would bet you that if you really think about your friendship and how it got started, there was always a little bit of competition in him towards you mm. that you didn't even understand. That even now as I'm bringing it up, you might have some pictures of some times when it was little. It could have been little. Like maybe it was when you guys were playing video games and he just got a little bit more mad when you beat it. And you were just like, it's just a game, guy. Like, let's go get something to eat. Right, right. Yeah, man. Wow. Now that, you know, now that we're having this conversation, I'm thinking about a lot of people around me that have these, one of these five stealers of awesomeness. Yes. Yeah. Yes. I have to share this with you because I just have to. But I I have a really good friend. I don't even think my friends listen to my podcast, so I'll I'll call them out. But hopefully they do listen. But I have a really good friend. And whenever I say something, he always responds with something negative. It's like the weirdest thing. It's 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 the weirdest thing. And I know that he does it. For example, I'll say, hey, man, I'm going skiing today. Oh, man, it's a really crappy day to go skiing. Oh, oh, thank you. Hey, man, I'm going to a concert. Oh, I wouldn't be going to a concert right now. It's like, whenever I say something good that I want to share with him, he responds with the negative. And and I never Mm -hmm. do that to him. Like, he'll tell me, oh, I'm going to the beach today. I'd be like, oh, man, that's awesome. You'll have a great time. But if I say, hey, man, I'm going to the beach today, he'll be like, oh, man, it's supposed to rain later. Like, today, why would you go to the beach today? So... What is that? (laughs) 
So, he, I mean, he is being a minimizer, but he's also letting you know that he wants what you want, what you have. And rather than being focused on the fact that he wants it, the, own the fact that you have it. Mm. Own the fact that you have it. So often it's like, well, he wants what I have. So then we put the focus on him. The focus is on you. The fact that you have it. Great. You're going to the beach today. Next time, don't tell him. Like you, what, what, what knowing that you have awesomeness stealers in your life, especially people that are like friends and family, some of which you won't ever be able to exit from. It's understanding that that's who they are. That's who they are. And so when you understand that you can meet them where you want to be, not where they are. Mm. Some people, you have to meet them where they are because you're helping them on their journey. Other people, it's like, oh, that's just who you are. So now I know. And so on the days when you're like, I'm really excited about this, don't call that friend. Mm. They're not the friend to hold that. Sometimes I say it this way. It's understanding that some of your friends are bowls. They have deep capacity to hold what you have. And there are other friends that are saucers. They don't. And so when you know that you have something big that needs to be held, give it to a friend that's a bowl, that has capacity. Otherwise, just keep it with your saucer friend if it's easy and light, right? Like it's the difference between salad and cereal. You do not put those things in the same thing. So don't put your stuff in the same thing, in the same people. There, it just doesn't work. Right. Now, would you recommend to anybody, you know, the listeners right now that are relating to this and, and now it's like hitting them to having these aha moments, like, wow, this sounds familiar. Like, would you recommend to confront these one of these five people right like the taker the deceiver are you supposed to confront this or like what what's the what's the action plan here when you're dealing with uh you know these types of challenges it depends what i tell everyone do first is to make a list of the people that are coming up like if you're watching this if you're driving then re listen to it again so that you can take some time and the people that are flashing before your eyes right now make a list of who they are and try to figure out and classify them because when you can classify them, you can then decide, are these people worth confronting or not? Some people are not worth confronting. It's just an understanding. And I usually say this, I notice. And then once I notice, all right, I notice. Now I know. Other people, it's like, I might actually have a conversation because I keep showing up small and I don't want to do that anymore. I can't do that. And once you own like, man, my best friend or the guy that I talk to the most about the things that are happening in my life and every time he's negative. And so then I talk to him about my excitement and I'm up here and then I come down here. So then I have to work hard to come back up here. You can stop doing that. So you're not wasting energy. You want to put your energy into something that's going to move you forward. And so start with a list, classify the people and then decide who are the people that you actually need to have a conversation with because it's hindering your growth. Everyone else, either just know this is where they are and you can decide if you're going to meet them there or not. Now, what would you say for like, um, have you ever seen the movie, um, anger management with Adam Sandler? Yeah. And Jack? Yeah. It's yeah. been a while. Yep. Okay. Yep. Yep. Do you remember how you know he was dealing with all of these emotions and the boss and, he was on the verge of exploding, right? And just losing it. Mm -hmm. A lot of people are like that, right? Like, they're just a ticking time bomb. Like, for you, it was your blood pressure, it was a health thing. But, you know, some people, 
And especially, like, the narrative, like, when it comes to bullying, like, sometimes, especially, like, with kids and stuff, it's like, well, stand up to your bully, and punch them in the nose, and they won't bully you anymore. Like, what, what are your thoughts on that, right? Like, exploding and, like, just go, like, losing it, and sometimes even maybe having to get violent to get the bullying to stop. Bully to stop. So everyone is different in their personality. So some people can have that big explosion and it doesn't affect them internally. It actually releases for them and they're good. There are other people that have that explosion and then, and then afterward it explodes back into them and they feel hurt and shame on themselves. So you really have to know yourself first and what you want out of it. Because if someone is bullying you and it is unsafe and you feel like I need to defend myself and stand up to them, then make sure that you understand what it is you want to say and make it safe so that it doesn't become confrontational or even violent because most bullies are waiting for you to respond because they need you they need you you don't need them they need you they're seeking you out every bully show from the christmas story on talks like the bully keeps coming and they're coming for you because you have the gift you have the awesomeness. My preference is that you decide what it is that you have and pivot that into something else. So even if it's on the bus, like if there are people watching that whose kids are getting bullied. Okay, it's on the bus, The kid, your child is getting bullied. Talk to the adult so that they can get their seat changed. And then when they're on the bus, if they're a creative person or a creative child, give them a chance to write or color or art, graph or game or do whatever it is to channel their energy. Because mm -hmm. all it is is energy management. When it comes to businesses or being with someone where you're working with them or something like that, like you have talents, you have gifts, and there's a lot of work to go around. So if someone is bullying you on a project, shift your talent, take your awesomeness and start working on a different project. Do what you can because your skills are transferable. You're the one that has the gift. You can move on, even if it comes to that, like leave your job if you have to, if it's something that you can do, or if you're thinking about it and you've been thinking about it, put action behind it because your awesomeness expands to the capacity that it's in. And so if you're in an organization that stifles you, your awesomeness will stay, stay small. Mm -hmm. However, if you open it up to the world, before you know it, you can be on international podcasts and be an international speaker and an author and a coach and all these other things. Incredible stuff. Powerful. You know, <laughs> I, I, I do these events from time to time and, you know, there was this, there's this man, right? The, 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 the anonymous man, every single event, this man would come up to me and he would make a comment, a slick comment. It just blew my mind because I'm the most, you know, in my in my mind, respectful person. Like, I want to make people feel good. But, you know, you and I both know there's people out there that have no problem just saying slick stuff. Anything, yeah. And they have no filter. And they, they feel no, they, they don't feel bad about whatever. They, even if it's hurtful. It's, right. you know, it's mind-blowing to me. Every single time I saw this man, he would say the same thing to me and I let it go I let it go I let it go and then one day I lost it I literally my blood through the roof and I and I confronted him and uh -huh. I told him not to I didn't I didn't get violent or physical but I said 
don't basically like, don't talk to me like that. Like, like, and it made me feel, and this is weird to say, but the physical response of confronting him made me feel worse than just swallowing what he would say to me because I felt so, once I confronted it, I got angry and I wanted to like lose my cool. What is that about? It's, it's the under, so there's a couple things. First, what did he say to you? Just like actually say, what's the word? I don't want to say. I, oh, it's that. Okay. I, I don't. Right. I, I don't want to say because I don't know who's listening to the show. Okay, got yeah. it. Okay, all right. So the first thing I want you to know is that what people say to you matters. Every single piece of what they say matters okay. because they're trying to tell you who you are and what you have, the power that you have. Even if they say it in the not version or like in the you think you're so version, the only reason they can even form the thought because the way the brain works, like the only reason they can form the thought to think of you to then say the not version is because on the other side of the not is the is version. Mm. And so the wording and like all of the wording matters because when you can break down the wording of what people say, the negative part of that is what is what they're coming to you with. But on the other side is that is a positive and that's where your awesomeness is. You may not even know you're winning at the game that you're competing some, with someone because you're just showing up like that, right? Like the song says, I just woke up like this. Sometimes you just wake up in your awesomeness and you're going through the day just being all you, cool, whatever, and somebody is telling you what you're not. It's only because you are. So that's number one. The second thing is, is that emotion that exploded back onto you is, is how the body responds when it really doesn't want to be that. It, it is what people say, they took me out of character. That's what that looks like. It's the understanding that your normal rhythm of how you show up is cool, calm, collected, chill. And then because you had to vibrate up at that high, high level, and then you set it, and then once you set it, it really doesn't relieve anything. Because your natural tendency is like, I just didn't even want to go there in the first place. I didn't want to. Right, exactly. And it, and it and it and and the work to have to work up to that is what happens afterwards. It's the what I call the backflip of emotion. Because you had to work up there and then you did it. All of the other stuff that you had to go through to get up to that level stays with you. It doesn't transfer to them. Mm. That's why I said you have to know who you are. Because sometimes it's better to just be like, Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Mm. Like I had someone one time say to me after I spoke in a meeting, they came up and said, you know, I'm so glad that you don't speak like a Roshana. And I was like, yeah, like you guys can't see my face, but I was very confused. And I kind of knew they were trying to give me a compliment because some would say Roshana is like a ghetto name. And so therefore, right. And this person looked like me, so she's a black female. So it's not even racial. Um, and I just was like, thank you. Like I pointed at her, I was like, I think I know what you're trying to say and I'm just gonna say thank you. I could have gotten angry, but that's not who I am, right? Or like the time my boss was like in a meeting, look at me when I'm talking to you. Mm. I was like, Ashton Kutcher, are you coming? Am I getting punked? Is this really happening? Yeah. Like, it's crazy. 
but those words look at me when I'm talking to you was the beginning of me understanding that my presence mattered because the only reason someone needs you to look at them is because you're giving them something when you do. And so if, if you need me to look at you, then who else does? And let me go find those people because they're probably kinder than you are. I'm curious because like the first example of the, 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 the woman, she said, I'm so happy or, or I'm, what, what she yeah, said. Yeah. 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 I'm yeah. so glad you don't sound I'm so like a glad. Roshana. I would have been like, screw you. What the hell are you talking? Like, like don't those people need to feel the, the, like that you don't say shit like that. Like, isn't that like you just saying, thank you. I mean, like you took the high road, right? But, should the people that make dumb comments and remarks like that know or be told that they said something dumb? So in the moment, no. Because especially if you're not equipped to help that person, really. Or if you're like, that's dumb. Because people don't, you can tell someone they're dumb. You can tell someone they're fabulous. Either way, if they don't believe it, it doesn't matter. Their, their brain's not going to compute it. So it's really just wasted. I knew in the moment and based on the context of other people that were around that that was all that was needed to be said. And later, because we were in a group and we were colleagues, there were other people who heard her that had that conversation with her. So I didn't have to. Ah, Okay. All right. So I didn't have to. And okay. so understanding the context matters. And the reason I always share this story is because when people say things to you, if you aren't equipped in your mind to stop the story, the replay, all you would do is replay what they say. When for me, I was like, thank you. And now I use it as a teaching point. Mm. I use it as like an understanding, like, like, yeah, like she said what she said because she has bias around what that name means or what names like that look like. It's also a reminder to me that at the end of the day, I was the one at the front of the room speaking, mm. sharing my awesomeness. So that's what I go with. And that's what I focus on. I love it. You know, I want to switch gears here a little bit, Roshana, because I feel like I just got a personal coaching session. So I'm so <laughs> grateful and thank you so You're much welcome. for yes. that and for the listeners out there. Uh, I hope you enjoyed that little segment, but I want to switch gears here and talk about, you know, your, your business and your day to day. So obviously right now we're dealing with COVID and we're dealing with, uh, you know, a whole bunch of issues right now. We talked about off air, right? We got, what, what was the list? We got murder hornets. We got racial injustice. We have, you know, Cops killing innocent people. We got coronavirus. We got hurricanes, tornadoes. I mean, all this crazy stuff going on right now in the world. But on a day-to-day, like, what is what is the average day like for you as an entrepreneur? Like, how do you fill up your calendar? Yeah, so my calendar, I do what's called calendar blocking because I'm a wife and a mom and kids are around and all of that. So my day starts early with a workout. I work out, it's a part of my regimen. Either I'm going for a walk or I'm working out in a group. And then by eight o'clock, I'm either going live on my social media channels because I do go live and teach and share content. And then by nine o'clock, I have my first clients that I coach. And so I co coach them in private sessions on Zoom like, like we are now. 
and that'll happen until about noon and then i shut my day down usually at noon on mondays wednesdays i'm sorry monday tuesdays fridays and then on wednesdays and thursdays i have longer days where i coach clients more or i'm writing content so i'm writing articles i'm a part of two different magazines that i'm published in and i'm a contributor so i write articles and i'm working on my second book be a giver of awesomeness the teen guide so that teens can start to understand the awesomeness stealers and so that they don't have to go into their adult life walking on eggshells around people. Mm. Sounds like a good calendar to me. You know, <laughs> entrepreneurs, we struggle sometimes, I feel, with filling up our day, right? Especially like when you're your own boss and you've already stepped into that mindset full time, right? Because we... You know, 24 hours in a day, even if you sleep eight hours a day, right? You still have a substantial time, you know, 16 hours left over. So for the person out there right now that's like struggling, getting the most out of their day, what advice would you have for them? Crunch your day, actually. Even though you have 16 hours, figure out how much of that time you're actually going to work on your business and work in your business. And those are two different things. And then crunch your time. Because if you give yourself a week to build out your social media calendar for the next month, it's gonna take you all week. And if you say, I'm gonna do this in two hours, you will do it in two hours because mm -hmm. you're gonna fill the time. And so getting yourself to shift. And so there are days, and I told you kind of my schedule. And so when I'm writing in the afternoon on Thursday or on sometimes it's Thursday morning, depending on clients, but when I'm in a writing block and that's on my calendar, I'm writing. And that's what I'm doing. And even like my kids and my husband know, oh, she's writing. She's got on her pants and her hair's crazy. So she's writing, right? Like versus the day when I'm going to be on and I'm doing an interview or I'm on social media and I'm recording or things like that. Being disciplined in your calendar helps you learn how to treat you. And it helps the people around you learn how to treat you and your business so that your business doesn't consume you. Because a lot of entrepreneurs struggle, especially if they've left a job they just transfer their 40 hour work week into their business. And it doesn't have to be that, especially if you are really trying to prioritize your life. Mm. Do you ever feel or find yourself losing focus when you're like, when, when you're putting on the writer's hat and you're like, okay, I'm going to write yep. for the next two hours. Do you ever, do you ever lose focus at all? Or, or you don't have, you don't struggle with that. Oh yeah, I definitely do. But I do some kind of weird things. So I'll give you a couple of things that I do. So sometimes I write standing up. I don't always sit. The same with my coaching clients. Like I'm not always sitting in the same spot. I have about three different places in my house where I will do different things. So I, and I kind of rotate through them so that my scenery changes. Mm. So sometimes I'm out back and I'm sitting out back. Sometimes I'm in the office in this seat that I'm in kind of at my desk. Sometimes I'm actually over on the couch behind me and I'm working over there. And, and it just really depends because I have to be able to shift. And I work in, while I say I'm going to write for two hours, it's about 45 minutes and then it's a bathroom break and coffee or water, right? Like, so, and I have to break it up that way for me. Mm. I, some people can go for long periods of time. I'm not that person. So I, I chunk in 45 minutes. Mm. By the way, you have, Nice library back there. 
uh for the video there's a lot yeah and there's like yeah. lights and then i have I a whiteboard because i teach on yeah yeah I, so I, for, I believe in giving. for the audio listeners so roshana has a has a huge bookshelf in the back i see maybe like uh like 60 70 70 books already uh so i guess you're 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 a big reader yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a bit, I enjoy books. I was laughing in my head. My husband, he was like, he used to call me a book whore. Like, you're a book whore. Like, stop getting all the books. Yeah. Uh, so I try to do more digital books now, but I do. I still love the paper. I love the way it feels. Yeah, I, I, I'm with you there. I, you know, I, I'm a visual learner myself, mm-hmm. so I personally mm-hmm. can't do the audiobooks. I wish I could, but I have to see it. And I think like whole, like actually like feeling like the physical book just yes. does something. I don't know. It just not yeah, looking at the screen. Yeah. Yeah, it's kinesthetic. So I, I if I re, if I'm listening to an audiobook, you better believe I'm listening to it more than once. Like I just, I've listened to Great by Choice by Jim Collins. If you haven't read it or listened to it, you should. Um, let me so- let me write that down. What is it? Great by Choice. Great by Choice by Jim Collins. And I recommend that book because it helps. There's a concept in the book called the 20 mile march. And it is the one thing that you do every day that allows you over time to see the increments. And that's one of the ways that I think I've had the longevity that I've had. And I still have a ton of energy and passion is because I don't go so hard that I burn myself out. It is this constant little bit here, a little bit there, 20 mile march. And so he talks about that. Mm. And then he also talks about a concept of firing bullets and then cannonballs. So you fire these bullets around, like if you've got a concept. So a lot of people out there might be listening because they have a product they wanna launch. So you fire bullets, fire small little prototypes do focus groups, see which land, and then you put your money into the big cannonball and launch. Mm. I love it. I'll definitely check yeah. that out. Yeah. Roshana, what would you say as an entrepreneur, you know, day-to-day coaching people, helping people you know, with bullying, conflict, and, you know, everything that you're doing, like, what would you say is your biggest challenge? I think the biggest challenge that I still overcome is when I see that people have so much awesomeness to give and they won't make the investment to do it. That they like, it just, I'm like, you don't understand. Like when you believe in you, everything else around you changes. And if you don't, or like, they're like, yeah, but I'm going to start first. I'm going to get my business going first. And I'm like, okay. However, if the way you talk about yourself is based on the fact that you don't know if you're going to make millions and what happens if not, and if that's how you're going to start your business is from a scarcity mindset, it's not going to be successful because at the end of the day, your brain is going to work to make you right. That's all it ever does every day. It wakes up and goes, what do you want today? And you can be like, this is going to be an awesome day. It's going to be great. I'm going to close deals. I'm about to make some money and change some people's lives. And when I make money, I get to do more of that. Mm. And if that's great, and if you've got that narrative, you're going to see fruit in your business. If you have merit, if you have a narrative that's like, well, you know, I'm going to try to make it today. I'm going to try to launch my business. I'm going to try to get some sales. The only thing the brain says is, yeah, we're not doing that today. 
Mm. And so that's you- when distraction comes in. And, that, and that's what I have to overcome is like letting people be where they are, even though I'm like, oh, come on. Mm. Yeah. I-, I understand. <laughs> now that's from like, obviously like helping other people and getting people like, cha- like the challenges is to like, get people to believe in themselves. But what is something that Roshana struggles with? Me? Yeah. So for me personally, I struggle with continuing to put my voice out there because I do struggle with the uh, my voice matters. And when I talk about it, I'm super passionate about it. Finding ways to do that and believing that when I tell the story, it makes sense is a is a constant. Like I continue to say like, yes, I'm going to do it. But I have to get to that. And then I, when I do it, I'm like, that was great. But there is this narrative and I work on it on a daily basis. Mm. Mm-hmm. Understood. Awesome. Well, Roshana, I want to thank you so much. Honestly, uh, I'm going to behave you up. And I know a lot of the listeners are going to be want, want to hit you up too and check out some of your programs and uh, you know what you have going on. So let's let's talk about that a little bit. Like, what do you what do you offer as a consultant? Yes. So I offer individual coaching for one on one for people that need private. They've got a lot of limiting beliefs. They have a lot of bullying conflict in their life, and they are ready to like. I, this is me. I, I have big things I'm called to do, and I've been waiting for this chance, this opportunity, and I don't know what holds me back. I work with individual private clients and then for people that are out there that are like, holy cow, my organization struggles with, with this. Like we've got, we've got issues. I work with organizations as well. Mm. And so that is what I do is, is help because every organization has people in it. And if you don't work on the people, the organization is only as good as the, the, the one that is holding everyone down. That's how mediocrity breeds. Mm. Do you work with the person that is doing the, like the reverse the bullying i work with the bullier and the bully if you want to say it that way yes yes so if there are yes there are definitely people out there that like i i'm the mean one like i hate to admit it but it's me and that's okay the first step is understanding and then we go back and figure out why because you weren't born that way but somewhere along the way being mean got you something it got you promoted in some cases, it got you the recognition, it got you the validation, and you don't have to live your life seeking mm. that. You can actually live your life in a place where you are whole and full, just as you are. Absolutely. Now, what's the best place for the listeners to reach out to you? How do they you know, connect with you, give you some feedback for being on the show, and check out your programs? Yeah. So for all my Facebook listeners, go to giverofawesomeness.org, and that is going to take you into the private community of the Giver of Awesomeness Nation. That is where I do teaching and training every Wednesday and connect with people on a very personal level. So giverofawesomeness.org takes you right there. And for people that want to work with me, you can go right to roshanaprice.com. And it says, take the first step. So enter your information, take the first step. You're going to get a free gift from me. And then we're going to talk. I love it. And we'll link that in the show notes. Now, Rashawn, I ask every guest on the show the same question. I'd like to extend that to you if that's okay. Yes. Awesome. In your entire life so far, what has been the absolute best advice that you've ever received? Oh, best advice. 
here it is. On the days when you are feeling like things are terrible, like you did the worst job, just know that you didn't. And on the days when things are awesome and amazing and you rocked and you were outstanding, just know that it was good. And so live your life somewhere in between so that your highs are high, but you don't take them for granted and your lows are not so low that you can't continue to move forward. Mm. Best advice I got I from a it. vice president. And boom, just like that. I want to thank you so much again, Roshana. You were an absolute pleasure to chat with. And I look forward to staying connected. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Take care. All right, all right, my friends. And that wraps up episode 32 of the Started Somewhere podcast. I want to thank you to Roshana for stopping by and sharing her story. And I want to thank you, the listener, for dropping by every single episode and supporting the show and showing the show love liking subscribing really really appreciate it honestly we're gonna keep the content rolling and as always i'll see you in the next episode take care